One day I was walking home and I tried to do the ooh, watch out. And the pigeon just looked at me like, bro, you ain't from around here. Yeah, check I'm yourself. like, yeah, you're right. I'm from Seattle. And he was like, F Seattle. I was like, damn, they thugging out here, man. Pigeon cussed me out. What it is, what it do, this is Rambling, your weekly Rams podcast that gives you insight of the team and news from around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter, Serena Morales, coming at you from Agora Hills, California. As we head into week 15, the Rams are 8-5 and five after a big win against the Seahawks with just three games left. The Cowboys, the Niners, the Cardinals. Joining me today, he's a man of many talents. He's like the Jamie Foxx of sports in that he is the trifecta. A former NFL wide receiver, currently a host on Good Morning Football and CBS NFL Today. He also raps. He has his own fashion line. Life blessed this man, and I am blessed to have him on the podcast. Nate Burleson, what's going on? Oh, wow. Aren't you sweet? I thought that I was good at doing introductions. That was pretty good. Nah. I think I'm going to go ahead and save that and use that as my ringtone. <laughs> we'll clip that off for you. No Your problem. voicemail inbox Right. Message. Like, hell, hello. Welcome to. <laughs> Please leave a message. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to Jamie Foxx's stunt doubles voicemail. Uh, yeah, this is Nate Burleson, and I appreciate that, though. Thank you. Did you figure out all of your talents at once, or did they, like, come with time? Were you like, oh, I'm good at football now, and I'm also good at all these other things, or was over time you figured out? Kind of like the progression of a Starbucks drink. <laughs> I know, right? Um, for me, it was um, falling in love with certain things when I was young, um, quite frankly, abandoning those things because – you feel like you have to adult and choose. <laughs> and then as you get done adulting, the, the best thing that ever happened to me was rediscovering all of my passions. So when I was young, I mean, I loved TV. I watched everything from black and white shows all the way to the current shows that were popular when I was a teenager, you know, the Fresh Princes and Martins and TGI Fridays. I loved music. I've always loved movies and pop culture. So, yeah, the young age, I thought I was going to be a rapper and an artist. So I would draw and I would write um, lyrics down. And then as I got older and you start to get ready for college, it's, you know, you got to get serious. You got to be an adult. You have to, you have to pick your focus and what's your major. And football started to open up doors. And football really makes you focus. And if you want to last a long time, you have to have uh, a single focus, which is being the best football player possible. Nowadays, it's a little bit different because of social media and guys have more freedom to really show how versatile they are. I think I, I caught the beginning of that in the tail end of football players only being football. If you're not playing football, just right. shut the hell up. So um, once I got done playing, though, then I was like, wait a minute. I, I still want to include all of my passions. So I started doing that on, on my show on Good Morning Football. I, I started reciting poetry and, and, and rapping and, and writing scripts for the shows, creating segments, and really just trying to weave in music, movies, pop culture, and all of my references that made me me. And now, because of those things, other things have opened up. You know, I'm right. the voice of DraftKings because they, they heard the versatility in my voice, which I've never done voiceovers before. I do the podcast for Uninterrupted because they thought that I, I tell really good stories. Uh, entertainment companies started to reach out and I signed with extra because yeah. they heard me talking about all these things that were non-sports related. So to answer your question, a very long winded way, it took time to rediscover all of my passions, but yeah, it didn't come all at once. 
you almost have to, you know how it is. I mean, you're one of the best in the business, but you, you almost have to focus on one thing in order to get back to other things that you really, really love. That's a good point. And you know what? That's actually a good segue to actually ask you about football stuff because when you're figuring out your talents, right, the Rams, they seem to have focused on the things that they are good at. And it's working. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And, you know, I, I made a joke on the show. I said, all right, guys, just stick with me for a second. And Peter and Kyle, they're looking at me crazy. <laughs> Kate's like, what is he about to say? And I said, just imagine, just imagine for a second if the Rams were playing possum this whole time. And they're like, oh, yeah, Nate, they're losing games on purpose. And I'm like, okay, of course I'm joking, but um, there's a lot of truth said in jest. And maybe they they were trying to figure out who they were, and they timed it out perfectly. And they're catching the rhythm right now, getting healthy at the right time, and they're rediscovering who they are, which is one of the best teams offensively and defensively. All the things that we thought they were going to be, they're doing now. Todd Gurley's balling. He's hitting in the end zone. The offense is opening up. Jared Goff is more comfortable. Mm -hmm. The wide receivers are making plays. I was like, this is the team that we fell in love with last year, and this is the team – that convinced us that they were going to be Super Bowl champions before they met the Patriots in that big game. So, um, yeah, this is this is perfect timing for the Rams. Um, of course, you know, they're going to have to see how things shake out uh, with other teams within the division. But if they handle what they can handle, that's the number one job that you need to do at this point in the year. I've been here in this position where it's like, all right, let's win games the rest of the season and let's see how things shake out. Yeah. You know, there's that always um, that famous line, oh, you got a Super Bowl hangover. You can't make it back. Do you think that has more to do with like guys keeping the same type of team? And I only say this because if you look at the Rams identity last year and you look at their identity this year, it is two different teams. Like last year, it was like the offense kept things going. This year, I would almost say it's the reverse. Right. No doubt about it. I I feel like it's a combination of that, um, but it is it's also a combination of energy, man. I, mm. I'm a true believer that life is majority. Um, the energy you put out, how much you can recharge yourself in order to put out more energy. And, you know, if we're surrounded by the right people, we can tap into other people's energy. What was great about the Rams last year is they were so talented and so unselfish, which means when one guy's energy source was depleted, they had other individuals they can plug into. Right. And, you know, Ty Gurley was a prime example of that. I mean, the best running back in football, and then he gets banged up at the end. And what they do, they plugged into the back of running back. C.J. Anderson comes in. The offense was rolling. It was a pass game. It was the creativity of Sean McVay. The defense stepped up. Aaron Donald was a monster. The linebackers made plays. The list goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and now I feel like they're starting to tap into each other's energy properly. And, and when it comes to just – specifically coming off of that game and having a Super Bowl hangover, which I do feel like exists, um, let's just just think about hangover and what that truly means in like the more secular world. Just going out, doing too much, staying up too late, <laughs> having too many drinks. And what happens? You're, you have a lack of energy the next day, and it takes forever for you to recover because you're so hyped. You're having so much fun. And then you realize that, man, I gave everything last night, and it's going to take me a while just to get back. To the basics and feel like myself again. It's the same thing in football. They were depleted after that magnificent run. One, because you get to the game, you're at the top of the mountain, and let's call it as you get punched in the mouth by the Patriots, right? The dynasty. Mm-hmm. They steal another one. And then you spend the offseason convincing yourself that 
you know, you'll get back there all the while taking advantage of the popularity. Guys are shooting commercials, living the life. So your energy, if it's a battery, it was, let's just say it was at a hundred off of pure, just like enthusiasm mm-hmm. during the Super Bowl. By the time you turn back around and start the next season, you're not even at full charge. Yeah. So um, it, how do you, how do you plug back in? And I feel like right now, the battery is a little juiced up. The question is, how much more juice can you get? Where are you plugging into? Who's going to raise their hand and say, guys, all right, it's the month of December. Plug into me. You know, of course, I believe Sean McVay's at the top of the list. All right, guys, plug into me. This is how this is going to go. This is how the week's going to go. And then after Sean McVay, you got the coordinators that say, all right, here's the perfect game plans. We're coming in with week by week. And then after the coaches, who are your leaders? Yeah. Jared Goff. Big money quarterback. Hey, plug into me. Todd Gurley. Hey, guys, I've been cooling for a little bit, taking my time. I'm feeling good, saving these legs for the right moment. My right moment, plug into me. Aaron Donald, listen, I know statistically I might not wow all of the critics, but I know I'm, I'm destructing things on every play. Um, and regardless of the double team, triple team, I need you guys to plug into me. So who are they plugging into? Just think about the Patriots, what they've done during their dynasty. They plug into different individuals every single time they make a run it's all about energy how do they find that proper energy to make that run and i would say just from experience not that i've ever had a hangover ever but you can get back to the weekend and forget that you maybe had a hangover at some point in your life you could you You ain't lying lying. (laughs) and on top of that you can convince yourself that it never happened depending on how hard you actually went my mom is like, oh, Lord, she drank another McAllen. Uh, as a former wide receiver, what are your thoughts on this Rams wideout group? You know, Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup. I mean, Cooper Cup is definitely like the comeback player of the year in my eyes. And what Robert Woods has done, you know, coming back after missing a game for personal issues and having that spectacular game. I mean, he was moving the chains for us in that game against the Seahawks. Yeah, no, I, I really love this wide receiver core, man. Some of my, my favorite individuals to watch. Um, one, it's because of what I said. First and foremost, they're very unselfish. Um, just pure-hearted dudes, man. Every time I sit back and watch them, whether it's from a distance or when I was working the game, um, they were one of those groups of guys that I thought to myself, I would love to play with them. Um, because they can go week in and week out, um, not be overdramatic, not be divas. They don't even demand the ball. Um, they just patiently wait for their opportunity. Robert Woods is fast. He's slick. Great route running ability. He can play inside, outside. Cooks is just an absolute burner. I mean, he can go and play in any system, um, which means the versatility that he brings to your team, is it, it's really something that you can't put a price tag on. And then Cooper Cup, you know, I, I've told people this before, and I'll say it right here. Cooper Cup is so good, you can run an offense through him. Yeah. And I know people are like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, just – Think about his size, his ability to catch the ball, um, what he can do in the run game, uh, you know, and, and, and the fact that he can play all the way outside and run past your fastest DB. You can put him in the trenches, and he can run those those routes that a lot of slight receivers don't like to run where he can do the dirty work and move the chains from the inside out. So the the, the wide receiver core, man, it's, it's going to be that group that, you know, helps this team make that run that we're talking about. I mean, without this team being successful, um, I mean, without the wide receiver crews being successful to statistically, yeah. these guys aren't going to have a chance. Did you watch the Seahawks game and you were just like, whoa, 
what in the world? What? What? Where did they? Because I watched the Seahawks Vikings game the week prior, that Monday night game, and right. I was like, oh my gosh, I am nervous. This is crazy. Yeah. And then you watch a Sunday night football game, and the defense, like, I mean, I saw Russell Wilson on the sidelines shook, and, I, and Sierra yeah. was in the stands. What happened? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. That was. Uh... You know, because you guys was hitting them with the uh, one-two step and trying to level up like a couple of Sierra singles. And, you know, for the first time, pretty much all season, I saw a discomfort in, in Russell. And Russell has a magical ability to self-correct anything that's going on. Um, and, and, you know, I, I've said it before, Russell Wilson um, has the greatest pocket awareness I've ever seen in, in NFL history. Um, with what he does in the pocket, being able to negotiate with his feet, extend plays, and keep his eyes upfield, I've never seen anything better. For the Rams' defense, and I'm not saying the D-line, linebackers, but the defense as a whole, um, to be connected, like that common thread from the top safety position all the way down to the D-line, uh, being able to put pressure on him and make mm -hmm. him uncomfortable. For Russell, it's not about sacks. It's not even about QB hits. It's about... Um, creating discomfort for four quarters and consistently doing that. And that's where people get it messed up. You play against Russ, some of the great quarterbacks in this league, and it's like, oh, we just got to get sacks. That doesn't matter when you're great. Like, a guy can dust himself off from being sacked. What a guy can't dust off is the feeling that the walls are closing in. It's yeah. like it's like the, the movie Saw or Escape the Room. Like, if you feel like you're claustrophobic for four quarters, you can't shake that mentally. You could shake a physical hit off what the Rams did and what made them special last year and what they're going to need to do in the month of December, January, is make QBs uncomfortable. Forget about stats. Just make, make the battle in between his ears tougher than the battle that he's actually facing physically. That's true, for sure. And speaking of good quarterbacks, I'm going to just hit some quickly some news from around the NFL this is crazy. According to CBS Online, since becoming the Titans' starting quarterback in Week 7, Ryan Tannehill has a better QB rating than Drew Brees, more yards than Aaron Rodgers, more touchdowns than Tom Brady, fewer interceptions than Russell Wilson, and a better completion percentage than Lamar Jackson. One, explain this. This is insane. And do two, if the Titans actually go to a playoff situation are we putting him in a mvp situation like i feel like we i was just like hold on one second here where did he come from yeah i, I feel like uh he'll get he'll get votes i think lamar's running away with that mvp for sure um you know but I, I do feel like he might be in the conversation for comeback player of the year and i know that's usually set aside for guys um battling something off the field um or even a, a physical injury but just think about where Tannehill was in Miami. He was banged up, overlooked. They said he was a bust. He got paid too much money, former wide receiver, trying to be a quarterback. And then he goes to Tennessee, and immediately we're all like, oh, that's, that's Mariota's team. So, mm -hmm. oh, it's a good story. Tannehill landed somewhere. He'll be a backup for a long time. Backups make, you know, three, four, five million a year. Tannehill's going to be just fine. And then all of a sudden, Rabel makes a decision to make a quarterback change. And Tannehill looks better than ever, which, one, makes you question the system he is in in Miami mm -hmm. and start to question whether he was actually surrounded by the proper talent. Um, but you look at how they're playing, the offense has a better flow. Um, Derrick Henry always cooks around this time of year, so he's looking like the best running back in football. 
All of a sudden, this Tennessee Titans team, who we always overlook their wide receivers, we know who they are. A.J. Brown, um, Corey Davis, they have tight end play. And on top of that, he's also tough, man. Brian Tannehill will escape the pocket and give up his body for a first down or a touchdown. You know, I said it on the show, uh, the Tennessee Titans, they get in, they're my dark horse to win the Super Bowl. You got to pick one unlikely team. And it's not even like Dark Horse Cinderella, because Cinderella, like, the odds are way stacked against them. I'm just saying Dark Horse because nobody would consider saying that they could make it to Miami, but I think they have everything that you need. Good defense, very opportunistic. When that ball's in the air, those DBs, they're getting PBUs or INTs. Um, they get after quarterbacks, they're super physical. On the offensive side, like I said, they're averaging like 37 points over the last handful it's of insane. games. That's wild. So um, this isn't your granddaddy's Titans. I mean, they can run the rock, but they also can throw the ball. So I love what they're doing. Um, let's see how strong they can finish. Ryan Tannehill is playing very motivated. And and I, I say this, and I try to describe it um, as well as I can. There's certain times where guys are put in situations when they're playing completely free. And I feel like free football is the best football. You know, when you have stresses of fulfilling expectations or fulfilling a contract or, you know, trying to trying to be the face of an organization like Dak Prescott and the Cowboys or, you know, Tom Brady playing on all that pressure for so long, which makes him great. Um, we've seen guys either rise to that or crumble in that. There's this, like, gray area um, yeah. where these guys play in and Tannehill – he landed in that spot perfectly. Like, what did he have to lose? Once Rabel said, hey, Tannehill, you start. Like, what? He was on a one-year deal. He purposely took a one-year deal with the Titans just to see how things go. If it went horribly wrong, he pretty much was in the same position. Like, mm -hmm. hey, you'll land somewhere and fight for a spot. But if you play free and you make every instinct, gut decision the way that you feel like you should in the game in real time, these are your results. And it's hard to translate. Uh, but if young guys look at Tannehill as an example, when you get in the league, sometimes you got to put all your problems in a box and just metaphorically just set that aside and play that game as free as you can. And you'll get you'll get results like you've never seen. And this is speaking autobiographical. And you see right now Ryan Tannehill playing just like that. And you say that, you know, they're your dark horse to make it to Miami. Uh, a team that always seems to make it to the Super Bowl, the New England Patriots. They just added to their roster a kicker to their practice squad, Josh Gable. He's never played a college football game, but I have looked up his demo reel, and it is impressive. And the Pats have gone through now five kickers this season. What do you think of this move? I don't know if you've looked his video up, but dude can hit a 65-yard. And he's got like he's doing soccer kick-ups and into the field goal and whatnot. So, yeah. But you got to look at other kickers, and they're like, oh, you think this dude could just come in and <laughs> – <laughs> you, you right, think right. Good? No, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. Um, I think it was Young Way Koo who had like uh, some YouTube highlights where he was flipping the ball, kicking it, and doing all kind of crazy, fancy stuff with his feet. You know, I've I've learned to to not question a few things in life. Um, I, I don't question um, Uncle Sam when they come for them taxes. Um, <laughs> I don't question I don't question my wife when she tells me my clothes don't match because I'm slightly <laughs> colorblind. And I don't question the New England Patriots when they sign anybody. Right. Um, the Patriots can sign uh, Tyrone Jenkins from your local grocery store 
<laughs> and he will probably end up being the Super Bowl MVP. Um, their scout. We joke all the time on the show that they have somebody um, in the basement of the facility chained to a, a desk, um, flipping through uh, the rule book and watching countless tape of guys that we don't know. Yeah. And the only way that he gets fed is if he come up with something good for the week. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like this, this fictional storyline that we have in our head. It's like, what? Okay, wh- where in the rules can we bend them where we don't break them? Okay, all right, here's your here's your sandwich for the day. So um, I, I feel like the Pats, when they make a move, uh, it's basically just let's just wait and see this be successful. All right, the time is now for Josh Gable, but Serena, do you know what time it is for us? I do. It's time for Push the button. <laughs> Serena's social segment. All right, there's been several fashion trends floating around the internet this week, and you, sir, are a fashion-forward kind of guy, so we wanted to get your thoughts on some of these statements of fashion, and you tell us if they're fab or foul. I'll start with the Texans linebackers pregame outfits, both the SWAT team and Mortal (laughs) Kombat. Um, I love the SWAT team, and I love the Mortal Kombat. What happens is when you show up uh, as dodgeball characters with patches (laughs) of hula hand, um, and you can't, you know, dodge the team that's beating you up, Ooh. which is uh, the Denver Broncos. I'm not feeling it. But you know what? I guess if I could pick one or the other, yes or no, I'll say it's fab because how often are we so excited about guys dressing up outside of Halloween? Like, it's kind of cool that we're looking forward to it. So I say keep doing it, man. And, you know, listen, as much as people don't want to admit it, like a big part of the NFL is entertainment. So if we got a little WWE yeah. factor and guys like to walk down that tunnel and hear their own music in their head, go ahead and let them do it. I'll say fab. I say fab too. I just want more color. Like, I feel like if anyone, you know, you're in New York. Like if anyone wore yeah. the SWAT team or the Mortal Kombat, like you'd be like, yeah, it's just another dude walking down the street. So I'm like bringing the color. Yeah, yeah, for want real. A little more splash. I didn't know what it was. I was like, is that is that G on it? Is that yes, like that's old what school I thought. Jodeci? Like, what, what is what's going on? Jodeci. You know? I feel like uh, the tunnel walk is 50% of the NBA's entertainment Absolutely. just on its own. Speaking of the uh, NBA. Especially, especially with their ratings. But, yeah, yeah I feel you. Speaking of the NBA, uh, Lizzo's Laker fit. Fab or foul? Have you seen this? You must have seen um, it. Yeah, I'm going to say fab. You know, she had them cakes out. You know, <laughs> everybody loves cake. You know what I'm saying? I'll say this. One thing I can appreciate about it. Uh is that she is comfortable in her own skin. And this isn't um, a message to women. I think this is a message to men and women that no matter who you are, no matter what you look like, tall, short, little, big, old, young, just rock it. And rock it with confidence. You know, most of the time when I see Lizzo, whether she's on stage or talking, I don't even look at her body or her outfit. I just look at her eyes and her mouth because that, that shows me how confident she is. And somebody... When their eyes like never leave who they're talking to or they're glowing and their chin never dips and, and, and their body language never cowers, I can care less what you're wearing. Like, you can have something on from the, the, the thrift shop, but it's just the fact you're carrying yourself like you got a hundred million dollars worth of gold on. So I say it's bad because we need more people that are comfortable in their own skin like Lizzo because there's handsome, beautiful, rich people that live this so-called perfect life that be stunting on the gram that don't have the ounce of confidence that Lizzo got in real life. So 
I'm going to say fab. I hear that. I say foul only because if I was wearing that, I would be like, who sat in the seat before me? Because, like, you're going to, f- your your butt's going to feel the seat. Like, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm like, oh, like, it almost looked like she farted and it just, like, opened up a whole <laughs> But that's the only reason. I'm with you on feeling confident, all that. If you can wear it, you wear it, girlfriend. Yeah, nice inspo message there yeah. for you. All right, we'll wrap up with... Uh, some pigeons wearing cowboy hats in Vegas because where else? <sighs> Have you, like, re- like real life there's pigeons? Little, real life pigeons little with little tiny, tiny cowboy hats on. <laughs> like, Come on, man. Why, why can't we just let animals do their thing? <laughs> like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, animals don't, don't run up in our houses like, hey, I want you to try on this leopard jacket. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have a wolf like, yo, you want to try this? It's fur on top. Like, we don't, nah. Like, we the only culture that does The other day, this is a true story. Some of you guys asking that. The other day, I'm driving home, and I see people walking their dogs, which is fine. And I see these, like, German shepherds with sweaters on. Like, and I'm like, okay, so, listen, I get the little poodle thing. You know, they ain't the little chihuahuas, the little ones that you could take on the plane, the little little snack, snackable, uh, fun-sized dog. But a, 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 a grown-ass German shepherd... Do you think that German Shepherd was like, for real? Like, I'm going to lose all kind of street cred. Like, what are you doing? You going to take me to the park where my homeboys is at? All my homies? And I got to wear this sweater, man? Yeah, my mom like, made me put it on. Right, like, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> yeah. We can't play catch today. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that's foul. And I'm not saying because foul is another word for a bird, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that's good. We we Matt and I were joking like, does the bald eagle need like a Yankee fitted because he's bald though? Like maybe the pigeons right. are kind of yeah. like, yo, but I do. I need a little more swag because everyone's hit, you know, hating on me. So maybe I need to. Yeah, that's true. Kind of you know ruffle up these feathers. Pigeons, see, here's the thing though, pigeons they they ain't even like the cowboy vibe. No, like, they're if you not. You dress up a pigeon. That's what I'm saying. If you gonna dress up a pigeon like you said. It's like, it's like you might as well do like uh, do like Tim's with Tim's. the with the hoodie. Yes, because pigeons is gully. Like especially out here in New York, man. Like you know, I, I one day I was walking home and I tried to do the oh watch out, and the pigeon just looked at me like, bro, you ain't from around here. Yeah, check and I'm yourself. like, yeah, you're right. I'm from Seattle. Yeah, he was like, yeah, I'm like. You're right, I'm from Seattle, bro. Our birds are a little bit different. And he was like, F Seattle. I was like, damn, they thugging out here, man. Pigeon, cuss me out. <laughs> you got, like, pizza rats and you got the cockroach that's, like, that. smoking All the that. cigarette. And pigeons are checking Back. themselves. So, yeah, you're right. It's disrespectful to put a cowboy hat on a pigeon, to be quite honest. I don't oh, know. Real. They oh, start, real. The suspect is still at large. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, and we will end this with... If not for football, Nate, then then what? What would you do if football did not exist? You were never, you never were a wide out in the NFL. You're not covering the NFL now. What are you doing? I think I'd be um, one of two things, which is behind the camera, mm. um, writing scripts for movies, or in front of the camera, <laughs> uh, reading a script. I oh. think that might be the next move for me is challenging myself enough to. Get in front of the actor. Uh, get in front of the camera and start acting. Oh, what kind of what kind of actor are you gonna do? Like comedy? Oh, I maybe I'm doing Fox. I think, everything. <laughs> I think I'm doing. I think I'm doing a little. I want to start with drama. Um, comedy is too much of an art, and I I just have the immense respect for stand-up comedians. It's one of my favorite forms of comedy. Um, but I do feel like I can do drama because when you go through real drama in your life, mm-hmm. then you can you can find places um, that it, it it can derive from. 
I dig that, man. And that brings back to Kyle Brandt. I was just like, can you cry? <laughs> like, if someone tells you to cry, can you do it? And he goes, he, he met a woman on the set of Days of Our Lives, and the woman was like, which eye do you want me to cry out of? I was like, what in the world? That's next level. That's, That's what I'm level. talking about. Oh. All right, well, I'm excited to see whatever you do in the future, and I'm so happy and appreciative of having you come on the episode. Um, don't forget, for those looking for more All Things Rams, make sure you check out our other team podcast, Rams Revealed with J.B. Long. He caught up with the Rams' undrafted rookie and fan fave, Symbol Webster, earlier this week. Thank you, Nate. Appreciate you. Thank you, guys.